Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Mike Sappho Podcast. Unfortunately, not broadcasting from the Jack Dempsey studio today, but from my other studio, my studio apartment here in New York City. And nope, that joke will never get old. Really stoked for today's show. A radio staple, beloved here in New York City. And he's currently occupying one of the two most coveted pieces of radio real estate in New York. One half of the Bernie and Sid show on 7-7 WABC Radio. The great Sidney Arthur Rosenberg. Michael, how are you, pal? Nice to be on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, Sid, how is it taking over for the Babe Ruth Radio, Don Imus? You feeling a lot of pressure or not really? No, 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 no pressure at all. We, between me and Bernie, we've got almost five decades combined, nearly three decades for Bernie, nearly two decades for me. So we, um, we learned a lot from Imus. You know, I, I'm also a huge Howard Stern fan. In fact, I've been a guest on Howard's show a bunch of times. I even hosted one of Stern's um, old TV specials on Howard TV, Wack Pack Bowling. You know, grew up uh, working on WFAN, uh, you know, did shows before Mike and the Mad Dog. So I've been surrounded and worked with or by some of the greatest radio talents in the history of the game. So to be honest, I felt uh, after hosting for nearly a decade down in South Florida, three different morning shows and coming back here, we're ready. We're just, um, we're ready. We, we, this is uh, something we wanted to do and we're pretty good at it. So no, no pressure at all. Actually, more, uh, more excitement than pressure. Hey, now last week you interviewed President Trump. Take me through that process. Was it as simple as an email, a phone call? Because he's done no radio, and then you guys grabbed him, like, in your first week. Yeah, that's right. You know, he actually turns out Michael Savage and maybe Hannity, too. I don't know. He hasn't done radio for a year. And um, make a long story short, he's been funny with Bernard. He knows me, too. As you heard the interview, he pointed out, Sid, I know you, too. I've known him for about two decades. But him and Bernard are actually friendly, you know. And um, he loved the fact that he would watch these shows on Fox News, outnumbered and these other shows, and he'd see Bernard on there really, really defending him through that very ugly campaign and even early in his presidency and put on the way to Air Force One or somewhere to travel and actually email Bernard, reach out to him. And then one day, on a Saturday afternoon, he called Bernard on his cell phone. And Bernard was out in his backyard with his, with his son, no kidding. And um, actually, Bernard put his son on the phone. Make a long story short, the president said, hey, one of these days, we're going to get to the White House. And Bernie said, I got a better idea. Maybe one day you can come on the radio show with me and Sid. And to make a long story short, through the help of Hope Hicks, who has since resigned, obviously, he uh, mm-hmm. was true to his word. Uh, he knew that Bernie and I were starting the new show that week. He wanted to be there week one. He made the promise to Bernie many months before. So all that came together, week one, show five, and we did, in fact, have President Trump. Hey, uh, first of all, in your wildest dreams, does Sid Rosenberg imagine interviewing the president of the United States? Well, I've done it three times. That's, that's what's kind of funny about that. This was not the first time. I actually... First time I met and talked to a president, not on the air, was back in uh, 2004, the Republican National Convention, and George Bush was here. He went on, of course, to win again in 2004. He went on to beat, I should remember, I've forgotten, maybe Kerry. Anyway, make a long story short, his dad, 41, uh, was in town and came to visit the studios at WFAN. I was in New Mexico at the time, but Mark Chernoff, who runs the fan, came to me and said, listen, President Bush, 41, is in Imus's office. He loves you. Barbara loves you. His daughter, daughter-in-law loves you. He wants to talk to you. And I literally spent 30 minutes, uh, Bernard could attest to this, talking Houston sports. That's all he wanted to talk about. The Texans, the Astros, you know, uh, the football. He was so sweet and so nice. And so that was a, a, a huge deal for me. In fact, then he then gave me 
a pair of presidential cufflinks, his very own. That was the first time, Bush 41. Then I had the opportunity to sit down and actually interview Bill Clinton. I was at Joe Torrey's annual golf foundation, his um, Safe at Home Foundation, up at Trump's course, by the way, ironically. And uh, me and Beningo were there one, one uh, midday show, and we interviewed uh, Bill Clinton and Billy Crystal at the same time. So this is actually my third conversation with the president of the United States, but it was the only active president. You know, Bush 41 was done. Clinton was already done. So this was the only time somebody actually living in the White House talked to me. So I guess in that respect, it was kind of cool. Now, Sid, is it annoying dealing with the social media crap, people who criticize you for not originally supporting Trump, or you really don't care about that? I don't give a shit. <laughs> I don't know if I can say that on this show or not, but yeah, I really don't. I, you know, the more people that hate on me on social media, the better. I'm, I'm very immature when it comes to that stuff. I've, I've been told by my agent, my wife, and countless other radio personalities, don't fight with these people. You know, when I take a look at who's actually bad-mouthing me, they've got like 11 followers or 14 followers. Don't really have a picture on their avatar. And this is not exactly like Sean Hannity kicking my ass. So, uh, But I don't listen. You know, I still come back every now and then and, say something that's really, really stupid and, and awful, but that's the Brooklyn in me, I guess. But to be honest, it doesn't bother me. It's just, it's all good. You know, I, this is a game that we're in and um, I do say things. I admit that that could be um, perceived inflammatory. Uh, sometimes I do it just to get a rise out of some people. So in the end, if I do, it's, it's all part of the fun. I, I, I really do believe that I do more good in terms of promoting the radio show and getting my name and the brand out there than bad when it comes to dealing with some of these assholes on Twitter or Facebook. Now, Sid, deep down, I know you're a Brooklyn sports guy. Three quick things, two sports ones. Thursday night, next Thursday, who the Giants draft? Tough call. I mean, I want a quarterback, guys, but, you know, I keep hearing Barkley, the running back out of Penn State, or Mm -hmm. Chubb, the defensive lineman, especially since uh, JPP went to Tampa Bay. So I would love to see the Giants take a quarterback, but and I have no real inside information, trust me. But it's looking to me more and more like uh, the kid from USC. Donald goes number one, and the Jets mm-hmm. at number three will have the next choice of quarterback, and the Giants may take the running back, Barkley, out of Penn State. Next Knicks head coach will be? Again, tough call. I got, uh, I got accosted uh, early Thursday morning last week walking <laughs> into work at the Garden by about five stations, and they kind of asked me the same thing. I mean, three recognizable names, guys, that all played for the Knicks. Mark Jackson, Doc Rivers out in L.A. He has one million on his contract, but that should be over. And Jason Kidd, those are the three guys that you hear. Then you hear names like David Fitzdale and David Blatt, even Jeff Van Gundy. Uh, his name is back in circulation. He's even admitted, by the way, that he's listening to the Knicks, and he may come back. But uh, me, if I had my choice, I'd like to see Mark Jackson get a second chance. Did a good job in Golden State before Steve Kerr took over and St. John's, New York Knicks. I'd love to see Mark Jackson get a second chance. Sid, you and I are out. We're hanging out. Who's the coolest person in your phone that if you texted them, they would text you right back? I ask that to every guest on my show. Who's the coolest dude in your phone that if you hit them up, they would hit you back right away? For the longest time, it was Lawrence Taylor. <laughs> oh, wow. That's a, that's a great answer. Uh, yeah, no, he, you know, people, well, they should know this. It was in the Daily News, and it was, it was made a big deal of it. Back in 2004, when I had to go to rehab, and I missed 30 days on WFAN, I was still working with Imus on the midday show, and Beningo did the show solo, and I miss, you know, went on without me. But when I came back 30 days later, both shows took me right back. It was unfortunate that about three months after that, I uh, actually had a, a relapse and was gone from FAN for good. This is back 13 years ago. But back in mm-hmm. 2004, it was LT who got me into the rehab in New Jersey. I had called, said, I need a bed. And I said, Sid, we're sorry, but there were no beds available. It happened to be the same rehab that LT had gone to years before. 
LT personally made the call for me, and after he made the call three hours later, I had a bed at the rehab. The mayor saved my life. So LT and I got very, very close. I moved to South Florida. He lived there, too. We would um, socialize every now and then. We did a show together on WFAN. So he was probably the guy. I mean, my phone is loaded with very recognizable entertainers and politicians and, and actors and athletes. But for me, just because I'm a, still a geeky you know, sports fan out of Brooklyn, especially the Giants, when number 56 would uh, text me right back, I thought that was pretty cool. So that's incredible. And now here we go. I just want to say this. You don't get enough props for this, but when Carton got arrested, you could have crushed him, and you took the classy high road. So I want to say that was one of the most mature things that Sid Rosenberg's not really known for. And I know I only have you for another minute, but personally, I wanted you afternoon drives, WFAN, but it is what it is. So listen, don't get in trouble. We need you on the radio. So the morning host, <laughs> no, just, I need you to stay on, right? No, I appreciate that, pal. And, you know, believe me, I, <laughs> you are not alone. I, I've got thousands and thousands. You know, to this day still, you know, that show was a couple of months in already for Francesca, Chris, and Bart, and Maggie. And to this day still, I still get a ton of social media. Please come take over. You and Bernie are great. You're doing great. But you've got to be the savior. You've got to do it. And I, and I speak to Craig, by the way, every now and then. In fact, Craig and I spoke just three days ago. I've spoken to Craig quite a bit since his arrest and all of his issues. And I've known Craig for a very, very long time. We worked together at three different places, uh, you know, especially early in our career. So I just felt like at the time he needed more friends and more people piling on. But in terms of WFAN, I'm still uh, always humbled by the amount of fans that wanted to see me get that gig. And who knows what the future holds? I just know that right now me and Bernie have a great show. we got a great forum. You know, mornings in New York, I think, are winnable. And uh, our aim and, and is to win. And I think we will. Hey, listen, congratulations on sobriety. We'll do it again one day at Dempsey's. We'll talk WFAN, WNEW, Opie and Anthony. But listen, keep up the good work. I really appreciate you calling, Hey, man, thank you. I enjoyed being on your show, Mike. And anytime you want me back, you've got my number. I'd be more than happy to do it. So thanks for, uh, thanks for reaching out. And best of luck to you too, pal. Thank you so much. Sid, thanks, brother. Take care.